When I was uh, in practice, I used to have a really very nice oil painting on the wall behind me. And when I saw, like you are now, when I saw I was looking at the patients and they were looking with a sort of fixed stare at my shoulder, I knew that just in a single word, they were looking with this painting of nails. That's just the same. Except it's in Alaska. Except it's slightly, yeah, slightly larger. It's Alaska. Wow. <laughs> Wales, Alaska, what's the difference? Right, I mean, you produced about 40 questions, which I've just tried to trawl through some interesting ones and, and, and to take some things through. And depending on how we go, there may be a bit of time for you to bring up ones that we haven't covered. So I'll, I'll fire away that Martin have a go at these. So this is, this is the first one we've picked on. Is there evidence that the intended outcomes bear fruit, e.g. by feedback from training incumbents, diocesan and officers? Well, in a way, that was the question I was trying to ask and highlight in my own stuff, is, 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 is how we get that evidence. Um, is there evidence? Well... I think, I, I would say, personally, speaking on behalf of my own course, that, that we try to respond to the evidence that we are given, and because of the nature of our particular course in our particular region, and because of its links with the diocese and all the rest of it, it's not as difficult, perhaps, for us as it might be for some other institutions. Um, but it's certainly something that we need to know the answer to. We need to hear the stories it's easy to hear the anecdotes, isn't it? And it's always easy to hear the problem cases, and it's always here to hear the extremes. But you really want to know about the breadth of, of the answer to that question, not, not just the, the oddities. Um, that, in part, was what, what our review of reader training was about last year. It involved quite a big consultation with the diocese, including not just with diocesan officers and, and bishops and people like that, but um, with... Uh, incumbents from the diocese um, who had people either in training or short, you know, out of training very recently so that they could reflect on that experience as well with us uh, and in our case um, we also, uh, my colleagues as I said, I'm, there's only two of us who are employed directly by the partnership um, the other um, 2.1 people we employ um, the other three times 0.7 posts um, are all in the diocese um, and they are the directors of studies and they are those who are working more directly with the students themselves um, and uh, are meant to be having uh, more direct contact with the, the incumbents uh, and getting feedback from them and they're also involved in placements and all sorts of things like that um, so, uh, in theory at least, it ought to be possible for us to hear the answer to that question in our context. Uh, and as I say, that's what our reader review last year was about. But I, I still think we've got work to do. I'm not sure we're very good at um, doing it systematically. Placements and, and that sort of side of things tends to be one of the more difficult things to, to manage and, 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 and know what's going on and keep control about and, and have some, some uh, consistency of experience and feedback and I think there's also another big gap um, even for us with the links I've just described um, once people are ordained or licensed because suddenly they're not on our radar anymore as, as individuals 
Well, some of them are because they're continuing with bits of the course. But by and large, they're not. And we're, not, we're no longer responsible for them pastorally. We're no longer responsible for you know, that sort of level of detail. They may just be doing the odd module and we see them three times a year or something, which is, is not anywhere near sufficient to do what we're asking here. Uh, and if, that, if that's true for us and we're quite well integrated into the diocese, how much more difficult that must be um, to give the same feedback to a college uh, which is down the other end of the country, um, or, or a course perhaps that works in a very different way. Um, I don't know the answer other than to encourage you as diocesan officers to make sure that the people who train your ministers, readers and clergy do get to hear that. I actually think, and the question I think originally said about officers feedback, well that's, that's one level, but you do actually need to hear from what's going on on the ground as well, don't you? So, I, I would. So, sorry, oh, something wanted to <laughs> interrupt me. No, um, you do feel feel free. <laughs> um, this doesn't have to be a monologue. I think you know we can open this up if there's others contributions. Um, and I think a number of these questions, particularly relate to colleges and courses. You know, again, I stress that there's other people from other colleges and courses in this room who may have a, a view to express, and I can't necessarily speak on behalf of them all. But I would say. Um, the evidence that we get, well, is it is 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 what was it? Is the evidence that the learning outcomes bear fruit? Um, yes, most of the time, but there's always a few. And and I, so what probably vexes us a little bit is what do you do about the few? That might relate to another question we're coming up to within a minute. Another one someone else asked. Um, Anecdotally, I can give you evidence, but you know that's that in a sense that's the, that's that's all right. But you know, what, how do you actually deal with it? Um, a training officer in one of our dioceses—I shan't mention which one—recently um, said that after last year's ordinations, it was last summer's ordinations, and they had um, a meeting, uh, a post-ordination CME four to seven type meeting. Um, and they asked the group to do something collaboratively. So this was ordinance, part, some from our course, some from <coughs> theological courses and colleges across the country. Um, and, they, and he said it was noticeable how those who'd come out of the courses, when you said, please, can you work collaboratively or work together, whatever phrase they chose, I don't know what they chose to say. Whatever they said, those who came out of the courses just got on with it. They sort of knew what to do. And he said, and it was noticeable that those that came from some, some of the colleges um, were not sure where to begin with the task they've been given, which seemed fairly normal sort of collaborative style task. I don't know what the task was because he didn't say, but I mean that's anecdotal, and um, I'd rather have a bit more evidence. I think we've got some work to do there to get more, more firm evidence that that really is the case. And what do the, others the think? The ministry division has <coughs> done any research to see about outcomes, the effectiveness. Not yet. No, maybe because they're too new. Um, you know, in the scheme of things, the way the way that they work, um, maybe it will. And those sorts of things do get talked about occasionally, but I've not heard anyone actually do some work. Um, the biggest piece of work that I've heard someone do was talking. I still can't remember what the guy's name <coughs> is. But, uh, has made this presentation to course staff and college staff principles. Were you at that meeting where uh, Stephen Croft was the first, yes, first yes, one? I mean, we had that presentation yeah. on the guy's work. Ian somebody. 
um, and he had um, in, he had he'd, it wasn't a longitudinal study so I, 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 think I questioned some of the validity of the conclusions he came to it was more dropping in at various stages and he dropped in at people who were at the point of selection just selected, beginning their training sort of ending their training right through to up to the point where they would be taking first incumbencies, some of them. So he tried to get a picture of where, of where training was across like that. And he had some very interesting things to say about all sorts of aspects of the training, um, which won't, I won't go into all now because I can't remember them all. Um, but I know one thing he, he was said, which seems to me relevant to this question, I hope, I hope it is, um, is that we need to take seriously not, not just the learning outcomes as they stand on a piece of paper but um, the fact that his conclusion from his survey was that when people talk about their ministry after ordination close to their incumbency or just into their first incumbency and asked questions like is your vision for your ministry is your understanding of what it is to be an ordained those sorts of questions different to what it was 10 years ago when you went for selection he said the majority of people it isn't and, and he was he, he, this was his conclusion um, and, and you know, in other words he was asking what <laughs> what had training done for them if you like but more than that he was also asking are we doing the right training to prepare because we work into a certain set of learning outcomes so are those learning outcomes the right learning outcomes um, for the ministry we want today um, whereas most people are going into ministry and getting to their first incumbency to do the ministry that they had a vision for 10 years ago the church has moved on in 10 years this was what the point he was trying to make and that we should perhaps look at our learning outcomes again the church as a whole um, so that the learning outcomes are going to help people prepare for the ministry that is 10 years after the point that they were selected. That isn't a complete answer to your question, but I mean it's... <laughs> Any other comments or supplementary questions? Okay. We've got a snappy one here. If you can't define it, can you, how can you measure it, basically? This is in response to my <laughs> declining to define collaborative ministry beforehand. And um, I still think I want to, def uh, to decline to define it in a single sense. I mean, uh, I thought about it afterwards, not least because we talked about it in the group. Um, uh, and I think there are things you can say about it, and there are characteristics, and we did touch on that a bit ourselves, um, that you can say about local ministry and, and, and in its relation to the, the whole body of Christ, and about local ministry teams and their roles in um, you know, guiding using Robin Greenwood's words I think now you know sort of um, discerning and guiding and building up um, the body of Christ and, uh, and so on I think you can talk about characteristics of what good collaborative ministry looks like like being rooted in prayer uh, like being focused on you know let's, let's build this team so it's an effective team um, and doesn't just turn into a process or a task group and those sorts of things. So I think there's all sorts of characteristics, but that's not a definition of it, and I realise that. Um, so I think the answer to the question, which we'll just repeat, which is if you can't define it, how do you measure it, has to be along the lines of um, arriving at, agreeing, working out, theologically, whatever your methodology is, to come to a model 
is the phrase some of us were talking about in the gap, a model of collaborative ministry or shared ministry. And it's got to be one that's appropriate for your context, because shared ministry is contextual. Um, again, we were, some of us were talking over, over supper about the language and, and whether we have actually a problem with shared ministry, local ministry, whether the very language uh, has um, you know, um, lost its, its currency. People just hear the words local ministry and, oh, that's not for me. Um, because it, it's gone, it's lost its currency in some ways to what we were talking about over to you anyway, was emergent church seems to be you know, a buzz phrase of, of this age. And whether actually... Uh, Local ministry, if it's truly local, emerges from the local church. Uh, it is a char- it is not quite the same as other sorts of emergent church, but no emergent church is the same as another emergent church. Otherwise, that, that, that misses the point. So, um, <coughs> but it, it does mean that, from for, in answering your question, I think we are looking at a model that emerges from the local context. So, in terms of our students, we are looking for them to work out a model of shared or collaborative ministry, whatever you want to call it, that is appropriate for their context, and then you assess against that. Are they actually doing, are they living, are they able to um, uh, articulate and understand what it is they think their model is? The way we do that, um, in, in our course, in our service and leadership module, is we do ask them to do their work, do their homework, do, their, um, do, a, do us a presentation on the what, why, how of shared ministry. You know, what is the model they're working with? Why? Where does it come from? Um, justify it, in other words. Justify their model, not just tell us what it is. Uh, they are individually interviewed about that um, with, a, with a structured interview. So they have some idea of what they're going to be asked, but I mean, it's still an interview that's recorded so that it can be independently assessed as well. Uh, as per, by the person doing the interview um, and then we also ask them to write a reflection on the parish context of what they've been talking to about so they have to tell us something about how this actually works out in their parish in practice, for real and it's those three together to their model that they've told us that's how we assess it anyway Right. I don't know if others want to come back with. Just comment on the word, <coughs> on the word model. You know, they have yes. Stuff. Sure. I think there's quite a lot of conversation. Really thinking maybe that word might now be a bit lacking in sort of dynamism. Yes. Uh, it's habits of how we relate or something might. might yeah. What, what would be the habits or the virtues of a team or a group or a or a, or a culture in terms of communication, in terms of praying for one another, in terms of Respecting each other, that kind of thing. That is. Thank you very much. Further is to me, at least, that you know the habits of one are not necessarily the habits of another. I think the word Joanna. habits is really interesting because what I do can see assessed and see ways of assessing uh, skills of collaboration. You know, the, the consultation. Yes. The, the planning what's much harder to actually get at is the habits and the attitudes Mm. I remember being deeply disappointed reading an article by Loma there who described the congregations then and it's it's those sort of giveaways that it's much harder I think to assess it is 
and, and there's also pressure on us all the time to measure the skills. Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a skills sort of profile that comes, almost comes with these learning outcomes. It's about acquiring skills, and I think some of us have had to sort of, yeah, ask us to, uh, you know, push to back off that a bit and say, okay, we will have the skills, but we've got to have the other as well, the formational things. I think we tackle that one really by by the the, the, the larger number of, of directors of studies, as we call them, the large number of people who have to get to know these students quite well. So they do get to know what their habits and attitudes are over a period of time. But that's not assessed in a, like an essay or a, that sort of thing. And we're quite upfront about that, to be fair. You know, we do tell people that you will be assessed by... Uh, you know the, the, the formal things that go with the foundation degree or whatever it is uh, and you will be assessed by the more informal by your conversations with your director's studies by getting to know you over a period of time you know we're quite up front with all of that without trying to frighten them that every time they drink a cup of coffee it's being written down you know? <laughs> could I just comment that if third person plural is a giveaway first person singular is possibly even worse yes um, it grieves me to hear too often the clergy um, say my church this and my people that and my this and my the other. Absolutely, yes. I agree with that, yes. I think I spent the first several weeks in my last parish, people kept saying about your church, oh, I come to your church, you know, do you? I've just arrived. It's your church. I, you tell me about it. I like that in autumn. <laughs> He wasn't one of them. I worry sometimes we play with words because one should be comfortable. I think we call this church. Once I am part of that congregation, and I'm talking about we, I'm quite happy. Oh, that's that. Yes, I don't think that's what the bishop was commenting on. No. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes these words don't say what you think you're, you're hearing. No, no. They're saying something. Oh, that's good advice. Always check out what you think you're hearing. <laughs> That is really good advice. But there's still an awful lot of congregation I can think who've been at uh, uh, Autumn Parish Church for most of their lives who will still talk to the vicar as it's, this is your church, which is, 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 is the way we're around, we're talking about it. But anyway, let's... Uh... Right, thank you. There's a, a sort of clump of questions about... Well, I'll read this one first. In training, how can ongoing discernment of the, pro of the process of collaborative ability or problems with it be incorporated into the training process. Does that make sense to you? Yes, please. Yeah. In training, how can the ongoing discernment process of collaborative ability or problems with it be incorporated into the training process? What that means well, I, yeah, on. is people are selected for training. Yes. What's the process of actually discerning their collaborative ability, if they're absolutely useless at it, pulling the plug. Well, the problem at the moment is, you know, this is why I've had this slide up before, I mean, there's the beginning of the leadership and collaboration ones for clergy. So if I just skim up a bit first, you know, this is, you've got vocation, ministry, personality, character, relationships, leadership and collaboration, Mission approach to mission evangelism, faith, quality of mind. You've got quite a few categories of which this is just one, unfortunately. Um, so, um, 
I'll just put that one back. Sorry, I didn't mean to read all those. Just see that. There's, uh, um, I've gone too far the other way now. Sorry, that's my problem. Yeah. <laughs> Leadership and collaboration. There we go. Um, I, I th- well, my answer again in my own in our own context, my context is is that it goes along with what I was just saying last time. I mean, we do have to get to know these people. It's no good treating any course like this um, as you know these are people who are here to be in a classroom for two uh, two and a half hours on a whatever night of the week it is, and you know six weekends in the year. And as long as you pass your exams, it's all right. And we have very deliberately, and I'm sure other courses and colleges do the same, we've very deliberately designed our foundation course and all the other modules that go around it um, so that the assessments are not totally independent of assessing these sorts of things. So that you know, if, if, if they uh, are appropriately assessed on the leadership uh, service module that I was just talking about, that's one of the assignments on it by the way, not both of them, um, then they ought to be pretty close if not meeting the, the you know the learning outcomes or on their way to meet them by the time that they are licensed uh, so that that does require us to get to know them it does require us to be um, careful with our um, assessment of people's work and all of that um, are you sort of also hinting about what do we do if 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 there's a no hoper is that was that was that part of the question <laughs> Um, well it might not be a no hope in this area (laughs) there are occasions when you get to a point where someone does not get it whatever it happens to be and you are forced into the position where the only way you can deal with this is to write openly straight in, in the report that goes back but to be honest that happens rarely because most of the time you either want to do something about it before you get there before you get that far <laughs> or if you really realize this is this is this is not for this person uh, we will try and help that person see that for themselves before they get to that point now we're not always helped in that I think that the selection for, for ordained ministry is pretty rigorous these days so uh, you know, it, it is—it's not impossible. We do get a number of candidates who come to us uh, where the bishop has either overturned the decision of the uh, you know the recommendation, or they've never been to one for some reason and just decided to send them along for training. There's one or two dioceses in my region whose bishops are known for doing that. Um, <laughs> but uh, leaving them aside, because they often are the problem ones which is why they've got to that position in the first place. Um, We have more problems with readers, to be honest, because at least until very recently, um, and I'm yet to see what happens this year, because this is the first year that some of our local dioceses have tried to be more careful in assessing some of these things. Because it just says exactly the same for readers. There's there's the reader selection um, ones. You may not, sorry, enlarge it a bit. But um, where was that? Uh, further up leadership so this is at selection a reader candidate should be able to show those things in the middle there so it's not just clergy it, it, oops, sorry um, it, it, it is uh, readers as well um, the selection process has certainly not been as rigorous in our experience in my experience for reader training and we have had quite a few where um, 
you definitely get the impression that the incumbent didn't want to say no and hoped the selectors would say no. The selectors don't say no, so they hope the course will say no. And, you know, we've had one or two who've got partway through the first year and we are thinking, why is this person here? But what we will try and do <laughs> is try and have an appropriate conversation with that person at, you know, at the right time or help them to see for themselves that this isn't the right, the right thing for them. If it's specifically about leadership and collaboration, well, to be honest, thinking back over the last few years, I can only think of one person who I thought, who, who, who spoke, said all the, who was it someone said earlier, who can say all the right words, um, and then, and, and you think it's okay, and it's only, then suddenly at the last minute, you suddenly think, oh, I'm not so sure about, you know, their attitude to collaborative ministry. Just one or two things right at the last minute. But that, that has been one person in, in, in since we've been running this particular course that I can think I felt like that about, uh, honestly. So really we are about trying to help people to, to, to cope with that. And if it's, if it's ordinance, what we might do, if we don't think they're getting the right experience in their own parish, we'll put them in a different parish. If it's, uh, we'll do the same for reader. If, if readers, we, as, as currently on our programme, will only go on one placement of about ten weeks. But if, if we don't think they're getting the right experience, or there's some other issue, you know, they've, a good number of them have been moved to other places for better training experience. So we'll, we'll find ways round most things, find ways to address most things. So ways round it. That doesn't sound right. I don't mean that. I mean, you know, ways to fix it. <coughs> I don't know whether that totally answers your question. Um, the, again, the fact that in our course, everyone has a director of studies who is meant to take a personal interest in them and their progress in every aspect of all of this certainly helps. And again, I just think the one the students we've had the most difficulty with in some areas, not necessarily this particular one, are where the directors of studies um, have not been present for some reason or maybe the incumbent's not been present for some reason or maybe the incumbent does, doesn't, doesn't get it either but then that would be a good case for me for moving the parish <coughs> any other thoughts? Any other? I don't know if I can still articulate because the two things come together <coughs> um, a lot of this collaboration is being unpacked in the context of a, a kind of existing hierarchical system mm. um, and the issue of saying the, saying the polite the correct politically correct language and then doing the other thing and getting away with it applies when collaboration operates ecumenically and people can be appointed as clergy in situations where there is strong ecumenical partnership say all the right words get in there and pretend the other denominations don't exist. Yes. I have seen this as the National Ecumenical, Local Ecumenical Officer, yes. time and time and time again, until pretty nearly provide the statistics to prove it. It does, and the same thing happens with, with um, local ministry teams and shared ministry teams. Yeah. Um, and, I, and again, I can only speak to Mike Spence in Liverpool Diocese, um, really, as being recent enough to be worth commenting on. And, um, what I didn't quite make clear was, that, of course, that essentially with the ecumenical thing, it's a voluntary collaboration horizontally, and there's some slightly different dynamic at work there. 
And that may be, that ought to be what's supplying in the parishes. Maybe that's why some local ministries things don't work out. Yeah, maybe. But certainly the, the idea that an individual can say all the right things and then come in and blow it apart. I mean, we've, we've had experiences of that in Liverpool, haven't we? Um, even though they try quite hard to, you know, to ask the right questions to find out if this person is going to be appropriate. Um, and I know, I, I don't know whether any progress has been made since I was the officer, that's several years ago now, but um, in, in Liverpool what was always being quoted is, well, at the end of the day, the pa- sorry, not the patrons, the parish representatives are going to make the recommendation, you know, whatever else happens, what other questions, we can't do much about it. And it was the we can't do much about it was always the, the frustrating thing. Because you would think if you are serious about this, as a diocese, as, you know, and all the rest of it, then, then you would do something about it in the way things have been done about other things now. Um, in terms of, I know the, the clergy conditions has only just sort of kicked in, but certainly um, reviews and re- ways reviews are done and the expectations and that you won't take a post and you won't take a post in this diocese unless you sign up to do the review. You know, that, that's, so why we can't do it about some other things, I'm not so sure, but that's a personal rant. <laughs> Interestingly, um, I think guidelines are coming down from national level about... Um, clergy coming into posts being more collaborative because in, in Bristol Diocese the templates for the job role descriptions have to include um, collaborative ways of working as a requirement for new clergy coming into the diocese. I mean obviously you've still got the question of how you ensure that they are when they get there but um, you know it is built into the requirements that are being asked for across the board. Yes. And, and I gather that those have come down from church house rather than, you know, nationally, rather than just being Bristol's own, you know, take on it. Well, I think, it's, again, it's to do with the um, common tenure and, and yeah, those sort of things, isn't it? You have to have a job description, and there have been set models for but the job description. And, and it, uh, the you need to be collaborative and to work with the team. Yeah, and it's that. still words, though, isn't it? You I want know, your real yeah. evidence in the end. Yeah, but it's, um, it's a sort of interesting... Um, start in that direction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Hmm. There's one or two supplementaries of a similar ilk. Really. One question was about um, do the do the courses or colleges have any role in the discernment of the qualities of candidates? And if they do observe qualities in the candidates, is there any career advice based on their observations? Well, I, th- I think I've probably answered that one, uh, more or less, uh, in what I've just said. Yeah. Certainly career advice. Um, yes, it can be quite difficult. I mean, obviously it's very sensitive things. It's like if people get, go to their selection and they come back and then suddenly they've got to wait for this, you know, this, this, this letter or whatever. Uh, and if it says no, it's, it's quite a difficult thing for people to take on. Once you've gone on the training, you know, even though you can say as many times as you like, you are recommended for training, you are not recommended for licence and ordination. And once you've started on that pathway, it's quite a difficult thing to, to say to someone, don't really think this is for you, or to help them see that for themselves. Especially, as I had an example a couple of years ago, when, when you know, the people concerned were... I really genuinely don't think it was for them and I think they don't think so now and I've spoken to them the other day and I saw them in Asda um, but they're a husband and wife you know it feels like you're having a go at a family 
when you get two people like that who you really think this isn't for them um, but no that, that's part of our job to do that so and uh, yes we did give them career advice as to what we thought we, we thought their ministry was based on what they had demonstrated what they had been able to do well what they constantly talked about what they wanted to do you know where they saw their ministry going and it, and it clearly wasn't to read a ministry and they've now found their reader ministry uh, found their ministry sorry and it isn't what they expected um, and they are quite happy as I met them the other week ok to what extent do outcomes really reflect required in the parish today and how quickly could they be updated well that's a good question. The reader, these reader outcomes, the ones that are on the screen now, sorry, what if you're looking at outcomes for end of training, because that's sort of start of, you know, that's licensing, and then what does it say? At point of licensing is the middle column. Uh, after three years in ministry, and before involvement in training others for ministry. Um, these are fairly recent. These have only just surfaced, as some of you will know. They're, they've been um, doing the rounds... Um, in various formats for a few years but they've only come out quite sort of formally and completely six months something of that order um, so these are fairly recent now are they suitable, are they appropriate you have to tell me that um, we do have some issues we, we certainly have people who do ask questions about them and, and part of this goes to do with, in the case of readers at least, to the different understandings of what a reader, what reader ministry is. So you have in one, in, my, in the diocese I live in, um, a, a diocesan policy that says we don't have a plethora of, of authorised and licensed ministries. We have reader ministry. We have OLMs and and and, and clergy and uh, you know all, all, NSMs and so on. But we don't have a plethora of lay authorised ministries, we just have reader ministry. And I want reader ministry to be broad enough to encompass whatever needs to be licensed. So in order to meet that, we have had to shape the reader training course so that the first two years of training that they do with us is a sort of the core competencies for reader ministry. And how can you possibly be a reader if you can't basically preach and lead worship sort of thing? Because that's the core part of reader ministry and sort of focus on that and then people who say well my ministry is going to be mostly pastoral or mine's going to be mostly down the nursing you know mine's going to be mostly in the prison or mine's going to be then they can specialize in their third year that that's our sort of approach to doing that um, one set of learning outcomes that meets all is is it's tricky how quickly can they be updated the interesting well. thing Martin, isn't it, is that the learning outcomes for ordinance yeah, somewhere. that's this set. Was set, what is it, seven or eight years ago? Yeah. And, and as far as I know, there's no mechanism for changing those. Um, and every training institution in the Church of England, has, uh, training people for ordination, has to work to those. I think they were updated last time the selection criteria were updated, and that's probably it. Because they, every yes. now and again they get a slight revision, don't they? Um, I don't remember them being revised no. since. No. Um, so the short answer is not quickly and I suspect that the consultations and all the rest of it that goes with updating them means that it doesn't happen very quickly either 
And if you add to that the 10 year lead that you referred to earlier. Well, this is it. Are these learning outcomes about the ministry we need of our incumbents in five years' time? Because this is what we've got to work to. But you said there is a mechanism for updating them. No, no, I'm saying if there is a mechanism for updating them. The the, the criteria, well, the selection criteria are with the House of Bishops, aren't they? I'm not sure that all the intervening ones are. All of them, every level. Right. Okay. So there you are. If you want them changed, you know who to write to. <laughs> but wouldn't, wouldn't we need contextual variations anyway? Well, that's the issue, isn't it? That's what I'm sort of I mean, sitting here and hinting at. That is the problem with being so outcome driven. That, you know, how many of these can one person not meet before they're not suitable? That, you know that that sort of question. When someone comes to me and says, "Well, my I've got I think of someone right now whose incumbent has put her forward for uh, reader ministry, who's supporting. It's not a case of thinking she, you know, that you can turn her down because I won't. It's not one of those. This is someone who's a genuine um, uh, has a, has a valued ministry, a prayer ministry, a leadership ministry. She'll lead worship. She's really good at leading small groups and home groups and. I don't know, I think she said, the one thing she hates doing is preaching. <laughs> you know, so, should we say, right, you can't be a reader then. If you're not, you know, if you're not, your calling is not to, re- to preach the gospel, that's not reader ministry. Well, in some diocese you can, because you can say your, your calling is to um, some other authorised lay ministry that the diocese operates, but unfortunately Liverpool doesn't operate another one, so we start, that, that makes this very difficult. I'm skimming up and down these. Would it help just to say that in relation to clergy, the outcomes of which, to which you're referring, and bishops these days have to sign cures off as having reached the outcomes and the competencies that is expected of them at the end of IME 4 to 7? Yes. So, in answer to your question about clergy, the strict answer is that there's no room to fail on any of them. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that is the case. That's the set that's a bit further over in this column. We haven't got them showing, but you know there is a set that's the, the right-hand column. It's all of the ones in the left, sort of plus, as it were. Um, so, in terms of collaborative ministry... Uh, it's those sorts of ones there. But isn't it? if people are going to go to <coughs> Yes. And uh, many diocese, probably all diocese by now, uh, will have put in place um, systems to allow the bishop to be advised on those decisions. You know, the, the um, end of IME 7, 4th 7, reporting and what that means. And I know in Liverpool diocese, again, that the reports that they have to produce at the end of that point are, are, are in some ways, and probably for the reasons Bishop's just outlined, more rigorous even than the reports we write at the point of ordination. Certainly more rigorous in terms of 
do they meet all these things? Whereas perhaps we're trying to give us, not only do they meet the criteria, but we're trying to give some insight into the person, their attitudes, their habits, all those things as well. But you were saying that it's actually very unusual in the course of training to, to really bite the bullet with, with, with the students, even harder with the boys who've given up a career in housing. <coughs> One of the questions which um, I wasn't going to ask, but will, in view of what Robert's just said, is that... <laughs> This is to put it rather bluntly, but it's to make the point that while we have, as we have rightly to my mind, a recommendation, recommendation for training, it's really crucial that colleges and courses can answer the question, how does a person fail? Now, fail may be a rather harsh word. How does a person, having been committed to begin, stop? There has to be a mechanism. There has to be a way, otherwise we fail, we corporately fail on the intention and we let down the individual and therefore the church if we don't have a route by being able to say somewhere along the way we've got it wrong together. Yes. But we have to be able to do that. Yes. And it's hopeless if, um, if, if people are wrongly shy because sometimes, somehow they think that's kind or nice of, of saying what the truth is at an earlier stage or indeed at the training stage. That may sound slightly harsh but it's actually not ultimately. No. I agree. Um, I, I, certainly we would try to take that seriously. I mean, I'm aware in, in amongst our student body of three case studies going on at the moment you know, case, three individual cases where we are having those sorts of discussions and of course the discussion also has to be is this someone where we have got to effectively terminate this now or is this someone where you know, this is not irredeemable and there, there will be you know, in the time left a chance for this and then you've still got to get to the end and say do we recommend or not it's, it's, not, it's not made easy by the, by the fact that the number of our bishops at least <laughs> will say you really need to say that in your first report to us because by the time the penultimate report has been written, you know, things are set in motion which are now very difficult to stop, which makes the last year of training even more difficult if something like that crops up. But it also makes it very difficult for people who only come for one year's training or even two years' training, because how well can you get to know someone in less than a year? Because it's about May, June time you have to write the report and you've probably only met them in September. So you know, we have a very short period of time to really get to the root of that. Um, and, and you're right, because there's always one or two who you really worry about. Can I, can I just add to that? They're taking the bishop's point here further, then that goes into commentaria and ministerial reviews. Oh, yes. <coughs> and and, and yes. what, what uh, ongoing training needs um, are required for somebody who's been in ministry 10, 20, whatever years? It certainly should do, and each diocese should be putting into place you know, patents on ministerial review and the follow-up of the training that that recommends. You know, there are others in this room who know more about this than I do, but um, uh, including one over here tomorrow, I think. But um, yeah, absolutely. Actually, starts at bishops' advisory panels, where <coughs> candidates can tick all of these boxes in some ways, and yet we can have an intuition yes. that they're not going to be collaborative, or they, they may not have the standards being incumbent. Yes. I don't think there's quite enough help 
everything's got to be evidence-based. No, I, I agree. And uh, it, it can be difficult. We've certainly had a number of people who we have said we can't recommend you for incumbent status. You know, I, I can see a calling to ministry, but not to an incumbent status. And we've a few times had to write that. Again, mostly to people who've seen it already for themselves by some point or other, which does help it when you write it on the report. But you've still got to write it because they were recommended for something else. <laughs> Sorry, hear the back. Well, those people would be on the whole um, non side of your self supporting order. What if they're not incumbents? Yes. So you'd never have to write that for someone who had been training with you to stipending your ministry? That they shouldn't be an incumbent. Well, we've got one now. <laughs> I have to be careful what I say, right there. We've got we've got a, ca a case now where uh, I suspect that may happen. Because by then they would have presumably given up their previous. Well, that, I suppose that's one of our. Oh, well, once they're ordained, they will. But because we're a part-time course, if uh, part-time, <laughs> part-time course. Well, they could be. I mean, it's certainly something. It's all part of the package. It's all part of really getting to know people, yeah, and their circumstances, and all the rest of it. Um, but we've we've had we've had people for for all levels. I think I'm looking Janet OLMs. We've had NSMs and and pages who have, for whatever reason, not made it to the other end of training, either because they've seen it's not appropriate or we've seen it's not appropriate. But it's so much easier if someone can come to that conclusion with a bit of help rather than have to write a report saying we are not going to recommend you. And are you saying that you are still sometimes overruled by bishops anyway? Uh, for ordination? <coughs> no. No, is that happens at the other end, I think. No, sorry, I mean, but can you recommend to the bishop this person is or is not going to be uh, I'm not. I've not experienced any, any problems at that end, no. no. No, it's more at the selection end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally someone's yeah. sent without a selection or with a different recommendation. In terms of the question, um, how can you prepare for sort of 10 years hence? Yes. I'm just wondering about, we talked about criteria for selection and then training, and then Bishop has talked about um, <coughs> then ongoing um, appraisal, which of course I don't know if that happens annually or whatever. Depends on the diocese. But right, okay. Yeah. But there's something about um, nobody's the finished article once they come out of no. any training. It's the experience, isn't it? So I'm wondering about the ongoing coaching support and development because out of that um, <coughs> there's real opportunity to explore these criteria in reality and how you're working with them and, and to get support but also as of that that's where you'll get the emergence if you did some um, gathering of data over time from people that are coaching yes. um, people locally you'd start to gather well what are the issues and that would start to inform because I'm just sitting here musing on this use and abuse of the PowerPoint. You know, you might have up there now use and abuse of Twitter or whatever the... Oh, right. Um, 
Power, it's not PowerPoint, but anyway, power. <laughs> Just because it's got a point on the end of it. <laughs> but there is an use and abuse of PowerPoint. Yes. <laughs> that is, yes. Anyway, well, it, it still informed my, my music, which was around, which was around, because everything's so sort of documented and outcome measured, you know, which is what we face in the public sector, teaching, health, our whole society is so outcome focused, we're losing the richness of the emergence, and I think there just might be a way of supporting people in post that also informs the bigger picture. That might be worth thinking yeah, I think I, I absolutely agree. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, the reality on the ground is that the, the uh, as it stands now, I mean, I, I, the vision you're expressing, I, you know, I, I agree with. Um, as it stands now, the uh, the, the variation in the diocese, so therefore the variation, well, variation from course to course first, but then at least we get inspected quite regularly, so we get sort of told if we're not doing what we're supposed to but the uh, variation in the diocese in what happens next and particularly what happens after out the end of four to seven is quite enormous and uh, you know some uh, as Joanne said it's not the 30 people she was responding to my comment earlier about um, Mike Parsons 30% of people who thought they needed more training than they'd got she said what's about the 70% who don't even realise they need more training than they got the, the, the mechanisms for giving that support and helping that emergence are not there in all places and not all people and, and it's the usual story isn't it the people who probably could most benefit and need it will engage least with the process whatever the process happens to be <laughs> one last one one last one then it's time come on <laughs> Is training for collaborative so is training for collaborative leadership or collaborative ministry? Ah, oh, well, that's why I put these up for you. Look, <laughs> again, I have to go for what 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 we what if you want. There's the official line. That's the that's the clergy ones again. Um, so demonstrate effective collaborative leadership and working in teams, and that's the phrase that is used over and over again, or some variation of that. So it's collaborative leadership. Uh, and effective working in teams or effective collaborative working. I don't think you'll find in any of these learning outcomes the phrase collaborative ministry, interestingly enough. I mean, that's a very technical answer to your question. Um, if, <laughs> more realistically, I would hope that we are um, helping people to explore collaborative ministry. Uh, in the sense, certainly we were talking about it in our group at one point. So that means there is actually no discussion in the context of that requirement of the distinctive ministry of the ordained or of the reader within the ministry of the whole people of God, understanding that in a kind of as a... No, I wouldn't say... No, we would, certainly we would definitely have conversations about that and, and discussion of that. Um, I'm hearing enough about it in the course of today so far, but that's no. I'm just my bias. <laughs> okay. Um, no, um, one of the what, the way our uh, our course has been set up, our validation documents, um, each each contributing diocese has been asked to express its vision for 
the answer to the questions you've just said. You know, their, their vision of that, those differences, how they relate together, um, sort of uh, structurally and organically, and all sorts of other ways. And I've just asked them all to revise them because they were written. 2007, so they're getting old now, you know, sort of five years old. So I've just asked them to revise them f before we're inspected so we can have their latest visions and, and see whether we're still working with But they all express it differently, which doesn't help, uh, which is also one of the reasons why we spend part of our residential time with, with Ordinands, with them working in their own diocesan groups, because then they can at least explore those things as, as their own diocese seeks to, and, and it sort of links with what we were saying before about what follows on as well, which is different. No, we would, we would certainly uh, look at that as part of our, in several ways, but uh, it is also part of our um, uh, service and leadership module. It's part of our encountering spirituality and encountering and responding to Christ sort of module, as to, you know, to responding different ministries and different callings and, and all of that. So we, there's a number of ways in which we, we don't, none of our modules on our course tackle one subject in one way. We try and have a much more sort of organic, cross-fertilised sort of, approach to things so often people will come at the same subject more than once from different angles I get, you know plenty of examples I mean my, my own subject is, is worship and preaching that's what I teach and um, you know so they do worship with me and they'll do emergent worship and uh, fresh expressions of worship but they'll also do it in the mission module from a different angle completely different discussion of the subject so often we, we, we're doing that sort of thing give two bites of the cherry from different angles what we're keen to do is not give three bites of the cherry to one thing and no bites to the other <laughs> which is why we've had the review should we stop sorry <laughs> we could carry on but uh, time is I, I apologize if your question hasn't come up or because if we have 30 40 questions we'd still be here by breakfast tomorrow or Paul Martin would be on his knees I think so can I just say for me I've very much appreciated your input Martin I knew very little about what was actually happening. It was most informative this afternoon's input. And I must say I've admired the way you've handled the questions for us tonight. And uh, I can only say how much we've appreciated you giving us your time. I personally found it, as a layperson, very encouraging. And I'm, I'm seeing how uh, hard people are working at the challenging thing of how you measure experiential work and, and, and all the stuff you're doing to... Uh, to, to, to well, incorporate collaborative ideas into training, and that surely that must bear fruit. Thank you. An act of faith, but surely right. must. College and course so colleagues on my left haven't thrown things at me yet, so. <laughs> 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 Probably gobble me in the bar afterwards. <laughs>